fucking weird. My cousin in the old man's seat. It's like Santazou says. A good commander is benevolent and unconcerned with fame. What? Santazou, the Chinese prince Machiavelli. Tony time me out Oh, yeah, you ass kiss. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 54 episodes of The Sopranos. And I can't believe he's being called out on Sun Tzu, mm-hmm. but what was he saying? Machia- what did he actually say? For It's supposed uh, to be Machiavellian, right? That's, yeah, I think that's it, what it is, but then I could be Paulie Walnuts. I don't even know. He calls him the Chinese Prince Machiavelli. <laughs> and yeah, he's referring Excellent. to uh, Machiavelli, I, I assume. This episode is written yeah. by Matthew Weiner, the creator of Mad Men, directed by Alan Taylor, who's directing the upcoming Sopranos prequel film, Newark. Ooh. It's just been shortened to Newark. It's cleaner. Uh, this episode mm. aired March 14th, 2004, so over 15 years ago, and it's titled uh, Rat Pack. Excellent. Yes. Well, wait. What was it called before? Uh, before it was Newark. Do we know? Uh, the Saint, the many saints of Newark, or something like that. Yeah. 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 Lose the the many saints of. Yeah. Just yeah. Newark. It's cleaner. It's cleaner. Yeah. It's better. <laughs> Excellent. Let's get into Rat Pack, though. Episode two here. Uh, some familiar faces popping up. We knew it was coming, but uh, here we are. I mean, th- is Steve Buscemi obviously a well-known face, one that cannot be, you know, you can't mistake him for someone else, <laughs> and he's got an iconic look to him, and uh, he's in The Sopranos now, and it is a little bit like, yeah, there's that famous guy, like, <laughs> yeah. for me, or at least yeah. he's so recognizable, you know? So it, it not that it brings you out of it. I am excited about it, but I do like that they don't make him, you know... Oh, I gotta get my shy. I gotta get my cash. Like he wants to be a massage therapist. Like yes. this is good, I think, at this point, because we've seen this character, this sort of cycle, repeat a few times. You know, so I like that they're going another way with it. I do remember being a young lad and being very disappointed that <laughs> um, Steve Buscemi didn't come into the show like guns blazing, like a Richie Aprile or something, because that's. When you hear, like, in the off-season when you're waiting a year or whatever for the new Sopranos, yeah. and they're like, oh, they added Steve Buscemi to the show. And you're like, ah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Buscemi's awesome. And then, yeah, he wants to he wants to go the straight and narrow. He wants to be a massage therapist. Uh, it's classic Sopranos, I mean, with hindsight and being a more mature and uh, intelligent man now. I, I understand what they're doing, and, yes, I do agree. Uh, it is the, the better route to go. Yes, so we do start out with uh, something else, though. We start out in uh, a rainy uh, diner. Uh, we have, what's his face, Maceron, right? That's yes, Jack Maceron. Maceron, I guess he's involved with the uh, the whole Esplanade thing. He's yeah. like involved with the construction. He's one of the contractors they deal with. I didn't completely remember it. I did have to look it up, but he has been in two previous episodes, uh, Do Not Resuscitate and No Show. So he's in the 15th episode, uh, early season two there, where I don't remember what he was doing. Tune Jack Mustard on. Let me check real quick. 
Yeah, so it's it, it, there's this. Uh, remember, there was a, a this labor strike and anti-union protests, and there was this uh, reverend guy, and it was all oh, arranged yeah. from beforehand. So Jack was with us fairly early on. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly was like, I know I've seen this guy, but I don't know where. And now he's like bringing Tony paintings. He's talking all sweet to him and and getting on his side. Suspicious behavior, if you ask me. Well, yeah, and even like. Um... I mean, obviously, like I like I said, I've seen these episodes before, but I haven't seen these in a while. But the hat looks so out of place, like already. But I guess it's raining out, and what he makes the excuse of like, ah, oh, I just got hair plugs or something or other. Uh, that's why I don't want to well, take my hat off. But it just seems he just seems so <laughs> suspicious. Yeah. Well, I I read it as like he's not used to dealing with mob stuff and he thinks he's being inconspicuous by wearing a weird hat so yeah. no one can like see his face and I thought that was how Tony read it as well like come on relax take your hat off uh, but then of course the hat is a microphone isn't it amazing what technology can do these yep. days first off though let's talk about this painting uh, this painting is not good uh, it's the Rat Pack <laughs> you know so they're they're good but this composition is so ridiculous it's one of like he says the guy's a local all right, he makes it as part of a program for disabled vets, whatever. But the painting is not good, uh, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick because I gotta kind of remember it. Yeah, no, it's not good. Uh, it looks like a bad. And- it looks like a bad flyer for like a show or whatever, <laughs> and you would use yeah. it as a goof. Yeah, and it's like a pop art, like mistaken pop art mishmash of like. It's uh, Las Vegas. Oh, there's like dice and a, and a roulette uh, wheel in the corner, and they're just mashed together there. Like a, a, a clean photo of them or a clean painting of them just hanging out would have been maybe cool. But you know, Tony doesn't mind. He's he he loves it. He just likes that those guys. Man, there sh- sure were something back then. That camaraderie. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we I do with my murder friends. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Masseron does bond with tony a bit kind of complaining about his mother yeah and uh, it's weird because i wasn't sure if they were gonna uh show that that was a little bit more premeditated or like he kind of knew where he was going with this uh or if it's just kind of a nice coincidence but uh it works i mean tony's not picking up anything and i mean even later on he's not too (laughs) yeah (laughs) Exactly. So after this, we get a sort of uh, a combination of shorter scenes where we see the FBI machinery at work. Uh, I mean, first off, we do see the crew. Well, actually, yeah. So there's there's guys outside watching, and there's a police uh, man you know, oh, coming up, yes. shining a light at them. So we need to mention that. Yeah, I was kind of like, what's happening here? What is the point of this? Uh, but obviously, it comes back as so. It's quite important. Um, but so I, I'm trying to remember exactly where we move after that because I, I think, think it's we have... Adriana is talking yeah. in the car with her handler and there's a guy in the back seat. There's this dude I don't think we've ever seen before, Joey Coco. They're asking about uh, and like there's a picture and it's like, have you seen him together or something or other? And then he like runs away because it's, yeah. you know, he popped up dead or something. I don't think this counts on the death counter because, again, I don't th- feel like this is a character we've seen before. Uh, I guess I yes, could be I wrong. But I, I don't think I, so. Yeah, I was also trying to uncover that. I don't think we've seen him before, so I don't think it would count. Um, I agree with you on that. And yeah, it's kind of like this. The, she's like, I don't know. I saw him. And he's like, run yeah. for the hills. Like, we got to get this guy. And yeah. she, I think it's there to make her realize, like, wait, oh, I'm actually like, because she's gone from before being like, 
Oh, I don't know. I'm not invited to the meetings, and now she's like getting people arrested for murder potentially. So she's in it at this point. Yeah, she's kind of seeing kind of some of the direct impact she can have. Uh, yeah, because this guy runs away, and it's like just because of what I said. And then we got yeah, we get like uh, like a free th- uh, flowing scene like through the the Rat Pack, if you will, uh, with the FBI going through tapes, talking about the Hat Wire, the kind of looking into the jury tampering uh, that happened with Junior's uh, trial. And it's funny with that where it's like, they're like, ah, we just got to figure out how they could do this. And I guess there's like an off, there's a line where they're like, oh, you know, we got a girl downtown or something like that. There's just, all it takes is just that like one person, like their own, I guess, reverse rat, if you will, uh, Mm -hmm. that gives the information out. And as we see with the detail you just brought up with the cop that happens to see the two guys in the car, everyone's kind of spying on everyone. Uh, It does harken back a little bit to season three. When we have that extended FBI thing, I'm realizing like the FBI stuff is always a little boring because we're away from Tony and the gang. And it's like, I don't really give a shit. I guess it is adding it's adding a little tension because we do see between Mazarone and then um, who's the other guy? Like the guy that's always been in the background since season one. We see that he's also an informant. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, he, he's a capo, right? The guy with the hat, yes. the sun hat. That's what I was thinking of as well, because they're playing the 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 same clip that we played at the intro of one of our episodes at the start of yes. last season when Tony was rag- railing on about the economy and how they got to be out there earning, and he actually gets to clarify like what he he means about some some of the lines because it's like oh that inaudible means this and that, but he's more <laughs> concerned with hey what am I getting for my expenses for yeah. this and that you know so he's like uh, nickel and diming them over his you know backstabbing the uh, mob establishment. But I'm wondering, uh, did we know this guy was an informant? I, I don't we did. seeing it. Uh, they, they, yeah, they we have did. A, okay. They have a throwaway scene in, around the big pussy stuff, so it must have been in season two. But yeah, his name's Ray, Ray Curto. There's like a throwaway right. scene where he... Um, uh, I think he like gets in a car with a handler or something and just like gives some information. Like It's a quick thing, but now <laughs> they're kind of paying it off a little bit more here. Uh, seeing him in the office and, yeah, nickel and diming on his expenses that he needs for uh, helping the FBI. Yes, and like you mentioned, we have a quick FBI meeting. Now, I I see where you're coming from because I think the whole business with the lamp kind of, even if they didn't mean to, or maybe they did mean to, it sort of made us feel like the FBI was incompetent, especially when it came to the airline tickets that were a big deal and I think that was kind of out of the hands of the riders because that was supposed to be about Tony's mother and obviously they could had to ride her out of it so it felt a bit like you know up in the air with that stuff the only real danger feels like it's from Adriana but then this is also one of those things where it feels like we're we're gonna maybe get caught up in mob stuff and then all of a sudden everyone's gonna get arrested as well (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess this is kind of their weird little payoff too because from my understanding, I didn't dig too deep into this. It seems like that Mazarone, they kind of got him through the airline tickets somehow because they bring that up uh. a little bit in relation to him. And I think that was tied in uh, somewhat with the construction of the S. Oh, no, that was tied in with the sporting goods store. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, that was the sporting goods store. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> I think they, I think they literally bring it us up like similar to what I did of like yeah. you really fucked up with the airline yeah. tickets, huh? That didn't go anywhere, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's the same what I'm thinking. But then you know, one of our FBI guys is like, oh, he's actually just annoyed because he wanted to get 
a job with the law firm or something as far as i understood like he the the sopranos trials blew and that means something for this yeah, guy fucked up whatever his won. next step on the ladder was because that blew up in his face so he has to take it on out on the people below him basically yeah, so he fucked up his six-figure future with O. Melvin and Myers, which I assume is a law firm. So I was like, so he's... Do, do people leave FBI, the FBI to go into law? Is that a thing? I was wondering. Maybe. I, I don't guess. Know. I don't know if it's like a consulting gig or like... Yeah, mm. because I, I guess I could see like someone that's in the FBI could be... Uh, like lawyers use a lot of experts and stuff like that that they bring in sure. to trial and maybe you're a go-to. Who knows? It's probably yeah. some way you're just fucking someone else over. <laughs> well, yes. I think when you get to the point where you're a contractor of that type, uh, it doesn't really matter what you do. You just sign enormous amounts of money over to yourself. Back to mob stuff. Back to yes. mob stuff. Um, so Feach is here, still hanging out in the Sopranos uh, or Soprano, uh, well, in, in Junior's kitchen. Everyone's hanging out there, uh, laughing it up about this weird salad that he found in a yard because he's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, right? there's something going on, and then because then because then Junior won't eat it. Like when he, he's like, I was just being polite. Like he doesn't want to eat it later uh, when Feech leaves. I don't really know the specifics on that either. And they're talking about this scam with some airbags that they're gonna they're gonna like pull airbags out of cars and sell them or something like that. Who the fuck knows? And then there's a vacant lot they talk about. And Tony B is mentioned. He's getting out any day now. Uh, and, of course, Tony Egg. Uh, who could forget Tony Egg? Well, I could. What What is it they say exactly? It's just No, it's just Junior how we're seeing him crack because he's like, make me an egg. All right. And then he goes, so what's going on with Tony Egg? And they're like, Tony Egg? Oh. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's just that him because yeah, he asks again to make the egg, but then he's messing up. It like it's, I mean, sad, but it's you know yeah. they they get to play it up a little bit because especially seeing the reaction because no one knows really what's going on with Junior, but he's you know getting confused. He's getting older. He's asking about the he's asking him to make uh, an egg for Tony a bunch of yeah. time, and then it just comes out. Yeah. Well, plus it's um, funny because so- well, Tony Egg could be a guy, you know. It almost, it could, it totally, like, yeah, like that's why walnuts. you yeah. genuinely are like, wait, who's Tony A? Because again, it could have been someone, but no, it's just Junior fucking mixing up his shit. It's a per, like, a perfect little, like, Sopranos is so good with those little details, <laughs> like, nailing it like that. It's such a good little mix up that kind of tells you so much, but it's also really funny. Yeah, it just made me remember uh, a video made by the situation from uh, Jersey Shore's dad oh. where he was just talking about how he was such a, a proper Italian guy and he was throwing out all these names like <laughs> Joey the Beach Bump. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like all these weird names. I don't remember them, but it's like exactly one of those. And like you said, kind of making fun a little bit of that aspect of nicknaming stuff. But uh, yeah, also serves a purpose. Yeah. Of uh, of the plot, showing how uh, Junior is cracking, much like an egg. Yeah, and I think they also get the news here that Carmine passed away. Uh, yes. So the Carmine, big part of the show, we do have to put that up on the old counter, if you will. Do I have my son? Absolutely. Well, let's hope so. Absolutely. Let's kill him off immediately, yeah, much like season do. five did. Go ahead, add. We're at forty right now. We'll go ahead and add one to the counter. <laughs> Katsana Malanga, indeed, and we are going 
Uh, on 41 now, deaths, and still on 15 stormouts. 15 yes. stormouts, everybody. So, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, like you said, the... One, well, one other thing I wanted to point out when they get Carmine passed away, they have this like little thing about how Carmine's the one that invented point shaving. And I guess they are referencing a real historical game where it was like one of the first things, but... It's so funny that they're all, it seems like it would be this old wives tale, but they're like, no, he was the guy. He invented point shaving. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, so we do move directly to his funeral, wasting no time. And uh, the dynamics of the funeral are a bit off because we have little Carmine, uh, who's, you know, actually genuinely upset, crying his eyes out, uh, at least on the inside. I don't know if he actually cries in this scene. Um, and then we have Johnny Sack who, of course, is sort of moving into the power vacuum that's forming, kind of yucking it up. I think it was, I think we've seen funerals like this before, where it's like, ah, yeah, but it's not really about the funeral, though. We're here to talk business. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's great because Johnny Sack comes in, like, big smile on his face, him and his crew. He does have Phil Leotardo and his crew, uh, played by Frank Vincent, who we just saw him, like, on the TV in the first episode as one of the guys getting out of jail. They kind of just drop him already in Johnny Sack's crew uh-huh. here. Uh, but, yeah, it's great because, like, Carmine, rightfully, uh, it's insulting that, you know, they're just partying at your dad's funeral, not even, like, trying to act uh like they're bummed out and then what then it leads to kind of a blow up about the cross he's holding or something like that that it's uh the rosaries it's a certain type of religion or christian or something or other i i forget exactly what they're talking about but they're arguing over that and it's like everyone's kind of awkwardly listening to them yell in the next room Right, yeah. I mean, if if you don't know about it and you're, like, from <laughs> the East Coast of the U.S., I'm not yeah. going to know about it. But as far as I understand, Johnny Sachs' wife is into some particular aspect of Christianity that involves these beads or whatever. And Carmine's like, what the fuck? Does he have these beads? He didn't believe in that. But then it is true. He's not really been around as much either. So how would he know? Well, let me. Uh, I'm pulling up real quick. Uh uh, opus die and i guess opus it's kind Dave. of uh, yeah i guess it's uh potentially like a, a da vinci code reference i, I think uh from what uh, people are talking about here because it's like around that time that actually sounds kind of familiar yeah uh i think it's i don't know how to pronounce it exactly but i think d-e-i is like day yeah um so it would be I don't know. <laughs> Why am I pretending like I know? Because um, I, well, it's, I've actually heard of this. I don't know. Anyway, this is fucking well, boring. The medal um, on the rosary indicated it came from Opus Dei. Opus Dei is a personal preliture of the Pope, officially recognized sect within the Roman Catholic Church, which can liberally be described as very, uh, described as very fundamentalist and strict in its beliefs. Uh, many more progressives mm. within the church see Opus Dei as a sort of cult following. Its core membership is almost exclusively men, with few female members. So yeah, yeah, it's mm. it's a fun. It is a it's a perfect Sopranos argument, where yeah, they're arguing over that, but it's all, uh, over something else. Um, meanwhile, we also get introduced to L- Lorraine, the Lady Shylock, and her muscle Jason. Uh, yeah, it's like New York. We're just kind of meeting New York people here, basically. 
Yeah, and I was, uh, yeah, exactly. I felt I was gonna say that as well. This Lorraine character seems promising. Uh, Lone Shark, uh, like you said, Lady Shylock. I was like, did she also get out of jail, or are we just meeting these people now? Because I, I don't know anymore. Uh, I'm assuming she's not been out, uh, but I don't know. I think she's just been around. Well, it's funny because I remember watch like uh, again. I always kind of go back to watching these originally, and with the space in between seasons. When you watch it, it was like a trick. I was like, oh, yeah, this character's always been around, right? Uh, and meanwhile, no, they haven't. <laughs> but yeah. it's been like a year and a half since season four or whatever. Maybe it wasn't that long between these two. But I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember this character. Nope, you tricked me, uh, David Chase. Exactly. Um, so that wraps that scene up. We have um, Tony not being very emotional at the funeral, and then he's watching a video or a film documentary about the old world war and he's getting very emotional watching that because they're talking about someone going over the top taking a bullet for you and it is that's a powerful clip wherever that uh, whatever documentary is from from, it's good stuff well i was gonna say it's from band of brothers uh when because band of brothers like they have what's like seven or eight episodes or whatever but then like the last episode it's like you just watched this show, and it's like great, you know, World War II show. And now it's like here are some of the real guys that these characters were, and they're like old men, and they're crying <laughs> because of war. <laughs> and, you know, war is hell, man. And, yeah, it's really emotional. Yeah. It's really well done. Uh, and Tony loves history, and it's hitting Tony, because especially with Tony B coming out. I mean, it's a bit on the nose, but, you know, Tony B's that guy that went over the hill for him. Uh, I was going to say, like, what is the point of this scene, Jim? But I think you nailed it with that. I mean, that's what he did. He didn't take the bullet, but he took the years for him. So that makes sense. He's sitting there getting emotional. Like, this scene doesn't really have a turning point. So it's not really even a scene. It's, like, just a little clip. So which feels almost a bit cheap to throw in there but at the same time we got to catch up with what tony's doing well of course he's just sitting around watching tv in his mother's house because for a little bit i was like oh yeah he's there with the you know uh, janice and stuff and then i'm like no of course janice is off in the other house it might be right across the road but still he's just there so of course he's just watching uh band of brothers which was on hbo i assume right yeah of yes course. It they're was. gonna put their own show on yeah. there yeah <laughs> it, it is so genius too just the fact that tony i mean Never mind that he's by himself, but then he's in his mother's house and just like with everything that Tony, I mean, everything that his mother represented to him, but now he's like, Tony, we know could just buy a house somewhere, but like for the plot and like thematically, it's, it's like way more sad that Tony's in his mother's house, you know? Yes. So um, then we get a little clip there with uh, Adriana hanging out with her friend. Have we seen this friend before? I'm pretty sure we've seen her a bunch of times. Uh, I think in like <laughs> season one. I just because I yeah. recognize her from uh, she's in the movie Death Proof, uh, mm-hmm. and I think she's that episode where uh, Bobby was that Bobby's dad that had to do the hit. Remember, he had to kill the guy that that hit a dude like with a fucking golf club or whatever. 
she's right, yep. she's the girl that's like, can you please give me a ride? Like trying to get away from uh, the crazy guy, and then he hits he hits him in the head because of it. That's who uh, she right. was. <laughs> right. I, I this is a totally different topic, but I just looked into it just because I happened to have the information pulled up. Yeah. And the guy who was dead in the photo, we did see him in the episode Pio Mai. He ah. was in that one. All right. Well, so, you know, we got to count it then, right? That's enough. Yeah, I think that's enough yeah. for it. All I right. think so as well. They got us. I mean, Sopranos is so good. I mean, all the best shows are good at this, but they're so good at just mining their existing, you know, characters or yeah. whatever, pull, pulling up just some rando. So, all right, throw it up on the board. Gotcha, Malanga. 42. Exactly. So, we're at 42. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so Furio and Chris beat him up in the back office of the Crazy Horse. Like, that was that big beat-up scene. That's... Uh, that's where we saw him. Oh, um, gosh. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So we're at the Crazy Horse uh, hanging out, these gal pals. And uh, yeah, uh, Christopher is being flirted with aggressively. Or I guess it's more aggressive later. But uh, yeah. And he kind of is too. Well, I guess. Well, Chris's flirting is when the uh, little Polly says, you know, my fox and a fox. Then Chris goes, let's see your box. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he so needs dumb. to be a writer, and like I, I still this stuff like this makes me regret that we never got to see his finished screenplay, uh, not yet anyway. Yeah. But she is talking about how she wears furs on the outside on account oh, of being yeah. bare everywhere else, and he's like, "Whoa, what?" And he's really <laughs> impressed by this, uh, very obviously so. And Andrew's like, "What the fuck?" Because uh, yeah, and then next scene. I mean, to be fair, he is frustrated because he's so not on drugs um and he gets home and is yelling at her for drinking wine in the house and she's got he's got to be around this shit all the time and uh what does he uh what does he say about her oh come on that cunt's too full of herself anyway when when she suggests that they were actually flirting um so <laughs> yeah not great, quite an argument yeah not quite a gr- uh, great way to kind of ease the tensions and i mean he kind of has a point I mean, he's being Chris about it, but like at least he's dealing with everyone drinking when they're all like hanging out at a bar or wherever they're at, a club or whatever. Uh, and then she's still also drinking at home. I mean, we know it's probably because she's dealing with all this shit. Uh, well, it is because yeah. she's dealing with all this shit with the FBI. But it, it it's got to be tough. Like you know, they say that if someone's an addict, you don't want to be like rubbing it in their face. But you know, he's Chris. He's just gonna be a fucking weirdo about it. Yes. And finally, we get around to seeing Tony Egg um, because Tony Soprano goes over there to the house to meet his mother. And they're talking about his ex-wife and we get to see some family pictures of the two Tonys together. And uh, he comes out wearing this old suit, this white suit, and uh, they hug it up. And snap a picture. We do a, a nice transition from the snapping picture to the surprise party that they're all throwing it in his honor. Yes, yeah, and um, I guess we learn a little bit about how Tony B's got kind of some. He's got his estranged wife, and then he's got like a daughter that ran away, and then twins that uh, his wife doesn't bring to the party. I mean, I guess understandable. He's been in jail. Um, we see that there's still some animosity with Artie Bucco and Tony. They're kind of not really on speaking terms yet here. Uh, and then who is, is it, 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 it's not Meadow or AJ. Yeah. What? It's one of Bobby's kids. It's, it's Bobby. like, I've Bobby's never, Jr. Yeah, yeah. I never even heard of you. 
<laughs> and that's such a I felt that he was speaking my mind like so yeah. often in this show it's like who's this Ralphie guy and Bobby Jr. is just there like no I've never seen you before when I the viewer is also feeling the same way uh, but it's got to be annoying just to have it shoved in your face like huh you know I wasn't even alive when you went away actually like yeah. <laughs> uh, so this has got to yeah. be annoying because yeah it is a, it's uh, a one- great uh, it's well I was just gonna say it's a great meta joke but also it is like I mean, that's probably how it would happen. You know, out of sight, out of mind. You're a member of the family, and now it's just kind of like you're a ghost until you're back. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to call out a small line because I think it's uh, a nice parallel that I, I kind of missed the first time around where Tony's like, come on, say it. I haven't changed a bit. And he sort of holds out like, hey, look at me like a joke. And Tony Tony B is just kind of looks at his stomach, looks at him and gives him like a hmm look. Mm. And they both are laughing. Put that in contrast with the other guy who's like, oh, have you lost weight? Uh, Because this is like them being genuine and real. It sort of helps to establish that towards the end as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then even with um, when Tony B uh, uh, meets back up with Artie, he can easily like kind of goof around with them. Uh, but you know yeah. he lost his hair and all that. It's like ah, look at you, no hair up top. Blah blah. blah. Uh, then I think Tony had like then we see Me- Meadow and AJ are there. Tony kind of has a moment with Carmilla where there's you know there's still that just energy there. Mm-hmm. That like yeah, bad energy there awkwardly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Tony gets to hold a speech. He is clearly very emotional about having him back home. Um, let's see. Yeah, and uh, there's the only touchy moment is when tony b is like hey who knows what could have happened uh, if things went the other way huh tony like when they're outside oh yeah car. yeah um then they go to the bada bing we get the sun tazu uh line and all that and then uh yeah he, he meets up with feach as well so we notice that feach and feach actually gives him an envelope um which is like interesting you know and yeah, so and, scene um, in the bathroom as well. Yeah, there Johnny's with, uh, in the Johnny shitter. Sack on the shitter. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's on the shitter. He's still. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Sack. Like now, every scene he's in, he's always kind of intense. Like, ah, I'm ready? To, what the fuck? You know, I'm taking over. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of he's keeping that energy. And then when Tony comes back, we get the uh, the Gleason impression. Uh, boy, are you fat? And it's got to be that. It, it's that weird thing because it's like you see it with Feech as well where you know they went away a long time ago they remember Tony a different way and especially you know the way Tony B and Tony Soprano grew up like like Tony says they were like kind of brothers you know Tony Uncle Al uh Tony Uncle Johnny and it's got to be weird now it's not the same dynamic especially around other people and Tony, as we know, Tony Soprano is a very sensitive man, uh, yeah. and he immediately is not kind of digging it, but he kind of goes along with it a little bit. Like, you know, there's that awkward moment. Everyone doesn't know how to react, and Tony kind of laughs about it, laughs it off. Yeah, and, I mean, maybe uh, they're obviously more familiar with this stuff than me, but uh, when they're like, oh, yeah, of course, the Gleason show, it's still like, 
Yeah, but like, what's the context for whipping out this reference? The context yeah. is that you think I'm fat. Like, there's no yeah. other way to interpret this. So, fun reference. You're one of those people who just says a line from a movie, except uh, you're actually doing it maliciously. Even though it's not malicious, you're just drunk. But they're getting along fine there in the diner in the morning. They clearly party all night. And Tony unveils this idea of the airbags to get him back on his feet. And uh, we find out that that's uh, not happening, actually. Yes, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's going to go the straight and narrow. He's He went to, he got a degree or something or other when he was doing his time. He wants to be a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rehab, like he got into the working with that. And he, he like you said, he got a degree already because it has been a long time. Um, so Tony's like, uh, yeah, okay, I can do that, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, he can't find the work for it, so... Uh, but he's a bit disappointed. Yeah, and but he's more disappointed because, again, like with Tony, it's all about Tony. So even like even him, you know, watching the Band of Brothers and thinking about how, uh, you know, things could have been different or even how Tony B has that line, you know, maybe maybe if things were, were different way back when, you know, my daughter Kelly would be like Meadow or whatever. Uh, it's not that he like, well, I guess he, he feels guilty but then, as we know, Tony, he's not going to, like, try to really do anything to make good on it. He's just going to get angry at you for making yes. him feel guilty, you know? <laughs> yes. So that's, you know, he, he. I feel like he's annoyed here because he'd rather be able to, well, you know, hey, I set him up with this gig, and now he's earning thanks to me. So now we're even. And it's almost like yeah. Tony B's insulting him. Not so much because it's like uh, I'm too good to do crime or whatever. It's more and and maybe even morally, if he's going the straight and narrow, it'd be be a better person. But it's like you're you're robbing me of this way to make things right in my head, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great read on it, and it's also like. I managed to not think about all the bad stuff that I do all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so now you're deciding not to do that, and uh, that's upsetting. And it is also like, we're a band of brothers. We're the Rat Pack. Come on. You can't, yeah. like, leave the Rat Pack and go be a massage therapist. You're like, uh, you're, the, you're the Sinatra to my... Well, let's be serious. I'm Sinatra, but, like, you're the <laughs> one of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the other guys. I'm Sinatra yeah. and Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you know, one of the other rats. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, we're about halfway through the episode at this point. That sounded like I was setting up a like me undies ad or something, but no, oh, yeah. we're, I'm saying we're halfway through uh, this episode of The Sopranos, and we get into this oh, this lady film club that I want to join more than anything, oh, like yeah. more than I want to join the Rat Pack, like because we're obviously these types of people. If I had a home cinema and we could go through the book of like the thousand films you have to see before you die, I mean that's a podcast. I mean someone's already done that, but like I want to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Going through the AFI movies, pulling out Citizen Kane. Uh, it's at the top of the list. And I think what they read from uh, was like Leonard Maltin's book. Um, I, I believe so. Yeah, like a quick little blurb before they get in. Yeah, Le Leonard Maltin's movie guide. Uh, and it's yeah. great the way it plays out because, you know, the, the movie ends. And then what Adrian is like, huh, so is this sled? I mean, you should have told somebody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> Which again, like, uh, I, I I get it as well. Like Citizen Kane's a film that's been discussed to death. I saw it in film school. And uh, when you see it now, you're not really like, what, my fucking mind's blown, man. But like has been said a million times, you watch another movie from that same year and you're like, Citizen Kane was a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they said, they invent- it, it broke all the rules and invented some new ones. And they just have to sit through the FBI warning at the start as well, oh, which is that's fun. That's a great little moment there. And just the the way, the energy of the room when... Like, well, okay, the cinematography. Yeah, you know, cinematography, that was great. And then what, someone brings up some, like, local gossip, and now it's, like, a good time. But that, I mean... I don't look down upon them for that because, yeah, like like you said, what what else can they reset about Citizen Kane? It's great to go through and watch these old movies, but it's kind of also okay that it's not going to have the same impact on you. Uh, yeah. But it, I, I like the fun they're having here uh, and the way that the way the room immediately like livens up more when they can just kind of bullshit about gossipy stuff. Yes, and even though it's for once, it's not Tony watching a film. It's usually Tony or uh, Junior, uh, to be fair. But like, it still does relate a lot. If you look at Citizen Kane, you know, a man building himself up uh, into a rich asshole who like uh, props other people up in his life, but it's all for selfish reasons. I mean, that's what Tony's doing with Tony B, and of course Carmilla, his family, and all of that stuff. But the conclusion is still like sled, huh? Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's dish about uh, this local gossip and drink wine, and uh, they get to talk about Carmilla getting a lawyer and all that stuff as well, so, you know, that's all fun. Yes, yeah, and then, uh, what, do we have um, Adriana? It leads into, yeah, it leads into Adriana talking about how miserable all these mob wives are um, with uh, with her handler, so to speak, and... Yeah, what's and in this scene, she kind of wants a bit of connection. She wants uh, the handler to open up a bit, and I think she does. Right? This is where yeah. She she, she gives her a quick yeah. anecdote. I'm trying to remember exactly. It, it has something to do with like her sister being shot by uh, like the guys trying to open a can or something with a gun, like something weird like that. But she kind of tells this. Yeah, it is a personal story. I mean. I guess you could maybe argue she made it up. It's her go-to, but it feels like her origin. But then she gets like right back to business immediately. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So she also mentions she was married and the agent she was married to list, like skipped over her and moved away for her career or for his career, I should say. And yeah, like you said, she wants to uh be take take away the kind of, of people who would try to open a safe or an ATM with a gun or whatever that's what it was, yeah. uh, is this where she brings out like you're one of the good guys now or is that later I think that's part of this yes. here now yes yeah, yeah that's it that's the whole point of that uh story that I think that's a way that Adriana hasn't had a I mean she's obviously hasn't thought of it like that um I think very few people in the situation would except I mean we did see Pussy, Big Pussy, get to that point as well, where he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm one of the guys now," and he was tailing people and like because that was a way to convince himself that he was actually like doing the right thing and he was a good person. Um, so we see some of that here as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, then we have Tony B. Uh, shows up at Satriali's, decides to sit in with uh, on the card game. Everyone's kind of busting balls. Uh, Tony B is really good at handing out zingers. He's calling like Vito fat. Uh, I think he mentions Polly's wings. Says something about being the, one of the monsters or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, I forget if he says something to Tony here or not, because this is when Tony has to take him outside to say, you don't make fun of me. And it's really like a pathetic thing that he has to do here. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's... um, I don't think Tony Egg realizes that when he decides not to join the mob game, he's giving up the right to make fun of them as well. Like, kind of like Artie in a way. He's going to become an Artie to them. Yeah. Uh, but he, he doesn't uh, like see it that way. He's there handing out zingers left and right. But at the same time, he is genuine in his like desire to to go straighten that. And, and he has his massage chair there. And they're like, what? Oh, that's right. And, yeah. I forgot <laughs> and then that. we cut to him giving massages. And it's hilarious because at first they're, of course, making fun of him and all. And then they're like, oh, I had no idea. I was so tense, Polly's saying, which is the standard <laughs> massage thing to say. And they're all like, wow, this is fantastic. And that's when Tony walks in. Yes. Um, and Tony's annoyed. He and says? he tells them somebody wrote, woke up on the wrong side of the bed today or something like that. Ah, uh, That's right. That's and then right. it's like, yeah, yeah it's none of your business what fucking side of the bed I woke up. Because I get Tony's point of view here because it is kind of like uh, he's the boss. And it is it can't always be he's one of the guys. But he's also being super sensitive. But like to mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi's credit, like as an actor... When you just get that quick hint when he says, you're crowding me, like he says a lot there. We're like, because we're seeing that Tony B's yeah. this guy trying to go straight and he's kind of just goofing around all the time. But you kind of see what maybe Tony B was when he was a part of the crew, just in that quick line and like the look on his face. Uh, yeah. So it's a great scene. And I mean, again, we have an advantage in this podcast that I have no idea what's going to happen. I've seen 54 episodes of The Sopranos. And I mean, I feel that this is a great way to introduce him because I think it's going to turn and he's going to get dragged back into the mob stuff. Um, But obviously you can't comment on that. And maybe I'm like another thing with The Sopranos is... I could be wrong. He could become a massage therapist. Like, that could be a thing. Yeah. And then he goes to therapy, and then, like, he gets shot randomly in a mugging that has nothing to do with these, like, <laughs> mob wars. Like, that could also be the thing. So I don't even know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, Tony lays it out for him. Basically, you don't make fun of me. Or, uh, okay, I was going to say, then he says, you know, maybe when we're just, just us. But I think he says that later. Like, right now, he's just kind of mm-hmm. all fire here. You don't make fun of me. He's the boss now. It is almost it's it is similar to, like, a Richie Aprile when he had to be, like, I'm the motherfucking fucking one that calls the shots. But there was more higher stakes, at least, there, where Richie Aprile was, like, running roughshod on, you know, uh, what's-his-face there, the, the guy he ran over and just fucking around with people. <laughs> but Tony B's just kind of making comments. Uh, mm-hmm. then I think from there we have Chris and Tina flirting again. I forget if he has anything as good as like, check out her box like he had in the earlier scene. I think now it's like Adriana's getting him like a soda water or something. And she, Tina's like making eyes at Chris and shit. Like I think probably making comments oh, yeah. too, but now they're like staring in each other's eyes, getting real all sexual here. Yeah. I mean, she makes like a joke about it's not even important but then he's like why you always got to talk like a whore and, uh, and he's she's like oh because men like it and he's like i think you're right about that and like <laughs> she's right there adriana's yeah. right there it's not like they don't know she's there um so it's like yeah, I, I can't drink the alcohol i guess i'll just flirt with people in front of you this will fix our relationship um so yes, moving forward, we have another meeting there where we find out that maybe this guy Maserone flipped, maybe, but we're not sure. We we need to feel him out somehow. 
Yeah, Patsy comes into the Bing. He's got news from uh, he, yeah, my guy up there. You know, he ran the plate on the car. It looks like they were feds. So now they're wondering, you know, maybe it could. It's plausible that maybe the feds just tracked him there. Uh, they don't know if he's flipped yet. So, yeah, this is, this is great classic Sopranos because, you know, Tony's like, all right, I'm going to go feel him out. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go meet him and we're going to figure this out. I need to know 100 percent. Uh, kind of very good judge of character or yeah. whatever he says. <laughs> and then kind of like intercut with this, we have Carmilla uh, is getting ready for their other movie night, but the components have been taken out in a nice passive aggressive Tony move. <laughs> He's like, I, I guess he got word they were doing movie night. So he took the fucking uh, the components. She has to mm-hmm. call him like right before he does the meeting. They have like a quick little back and forth on the phone. Uh, Tony's doing the obvious, like when he does meet Mazarone, he's like hugging him and like feeling him up. Like it's so clear what he's doing. He's patting him on the chest and shit. Uh, he does even grab the hat for a second. Like, ah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a great comedic cut where, you know, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> no, I couldn't tell shit. <laughs> what am I, a mind reader? <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, if you like seen anything weird and he's like no and i don't really know like what i'm hearing here because i think yeah he's saying that he's sensing that he's maybe like not sure about him and then he like you said he comes back like who the fuck do i know (laughs) um but i mean the the thing is uh, he is a good judge of character we know this so he eventually comes around to like uh putting together the stuff that he heard there he gave him the painting he asked if he lost weight, obviously. So, yeah. 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 So, but yeah. still, I, I don't, he's not sure quite yet. Yeah. He said he looked like, I, he said it looked like I lost some weight. Motherfucker. And then they're all like, yeah. well, because he looks at like, well, I think it's like Chris and Syl, and they're kind of like, <laughs> don't want to make eye contact because they're like, no, you haven't. <laughs> uh, and then I think from here, then he gets, I mean, they don't get into what the details are here because then the Korean delivery guy that hired Tony B calls tony and he's all mad tony b is fucking something up but i don't think they really get into what he did like the truck's missing or he's late or something yeah yeah i think so i mean he's yeah exactly and and tony again he's still full of all his anger mainly at carmilla or whatever Mm -hmm. and and now he's angry that he couldn't read this guy so now he yells like fire him for all i care because he doesn't want him going on the straight and narrow but then when christopher says something about it he's like what you don't want him to do fine now he's going on the straight and narrow but then he's also like fucking fire him for all i care (laughs) yeah chris is like yeah we can get tony b to take care of the mazarone thing and then yeah what do you not understand the man's trying to go straight (laughs) uh and then we got Um, back to yeah movie club and since they can't watch casablanca they're just kind of hanging out having wine they're having fun they're probably having more fun than if they watch casablanca but they're like what's next on the list nice little funny goof here the godfather everyone kind of rolls their eyes um (laughs) yes and then we have uh uh, yeah, yeah rosalie and adriana sharing a smoke outside uh, and I think what Adriana asks about Big Pussy's wife, Angie, like why she's not there. Yes, exactly. And and they're like, yeah, saying that, or she's saying that, you know, he went into the program, the famous lie. And Adriana says, like, who knows why people do what they do? Uh, but Rosalie is still like, what kind of person would do that? Like, oh, eating that last supper with G- Jesus and still knowing you're going to crucify him. What a Judas. 
Uh, at least Judas didn't go into any apostle protection yeah. program. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he hung himself. He knew what he did. Like, all great pep talk stuff for Adriana there. I wonder the way we read this scene. Uh, I mean, this scene ends with her just going, oh, you're shivering. It's so cold. Let's go inside. Yeah. But then when Adriana's breaking down, we do. I think we get a shot of Rosaline. Does she kind of, Rosalie, does she kind of feel that something's going on? Or what do you think? Yeah, it's hard to gauge because, you, I mean, it would almost seem like she would have to put it together, but I'm not sure if she does or not. But it would yeah, almost think, seem like yeah. like we were just talking about this, and now like because Adriana does basically she's crying, and then she does basically say like I need to tell you all something, and she doesn't even do that movie or TV thing where all of a sudden they're like like instead of saying the thing like you know I just love you all so much she, she just runs away and you know falls like on her face, uh, yeah. gets in her car and kind of drives off, and I think uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think she, I, I thought she was going to do the that thing. And I thought she was going to say, oh, I think Christopher's cheating on me to tie into the other storyline that she would bust that out just yeah. to have a thing. Because they're all talking about that sort of thing as well. Uh, but instead, she says, I'm not what you think. Uh, to tell you something, I don't know what to do. It runs off and, and they don't want her to drive. But she, she runs off and drives even after falling on her face. They yeah, all just let her go. And I think like when when they cut to Rosalie, they're more. I think they're just laying out the fact that like what like uh, what stops her. She's almost about to say, but then she's like, "Well, wait, it doesn't matter. Even if I like come clean now, I'm still Judas, and it's mm-hmm. not like they're not going to help me." Uh, but I will say, I, I love remembering the the next time on the Sopranos. I wish I could find these. If anyone has a uh, an in on where the, you know, next on the Sopranos might be located online, let me know. Because I do remember for this episode, they use this shot of all the women, like, being like, <gasps> like, when they, like, run out. Like, you don't see the Adriana in the shot. It's them reacting to her falling. And it made it seem like, oh, my yeah. God, what's going down at the Sopranos house? Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um so, I mean, just to wrap on her storyline before we go back a step, uh, it does end with her sort of giving up this other girl who's been fiddling around with invoices and things like that. Um, and she sees that that does get noted down seriously and something, you know, she might get, you know, taken out of the picture just by doing that. So this episode is sort of her turning from... He's turning into the guy with the sun hat at the start of the episode and all the other informants who are like wheeling and dealing and trying to get what they want out of it. She kind of sees this as like, well, I'm in it now. I may as well use it for this, I guess, because she's so frustrated on both sides of what's going on with her life and with Christopher and this girl and the you know FBI thing. At least she can use this to get something she wants. Yeah, because yeah, I think she even says like, "What do I get out of it?" And I think like earlier was the answer was like, "You're one of the good guys" or something. And it's like, you know what? That's not enough. Especially you know you're risking your life here, and uh, whether it be on the outside, it looks like a great life or not. That's still her family and life that she's kind of putting on the line. So uh, I get it, and. And it is a nice uh, little moment because, yeah, she gets to get her small little revenge on Tina, who's, you know, uh, what they're doing, phony invoices and, you know, uh, stealing money from the company she works for. 
Yes. So stepping back from that, we have Tony drunk at home, rearranging his interior decorating, which I will also do when I'm drunk, so I can relate to this. And he's putting the Rat Pack painting here and there, kind of looking at it, uh, then takes a break to call Tony Egg um, uh, and kind of explain, listen, it's not that I don't want you to bust my balls, just kind of in private, you know, like uh, got the guys and, and all of that. So Yeah, trying to maintain respect. And then... and. and- and even like Tony B, like he's, this is kind of the epitome of that. Like he has to sit on the phone. I mean, given you would do it if it if it's someone who's family and someone you care about and they're calling you at 3 a.m. because they're clearly upset. But there's also an element of like, well, I don't want to piss them off. So I kind of have to sit and listen for a little bit and then be like, uh, yeah, well, I got to get up soon, Tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go to sleep. And it also reminds me of when Tony try, like, because we're, we're seeing Tony without therapy again. And the last time we mm-hmm. saw Tony without therapy, remember, he tried to go to Hesh and talk to Hesh and they're just both talking to each other yeah. and not listening because uh, they both have their own little, you know, anxieties they want to kind of vent out. And he's trying to do that here again just to someone that kind of has to listen. Yeah, that's kind of a great point because he manages to bring up, like, what's going on with Carmilla. They're both on their own and maintaining respect and, and all of this stuff. And like you said, at the end, it's like, listen, i got to be up in two hours, Tony's like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, go to sleep. Um and he says, you're my cousin, you're my best friend, uh, you gotta know we could always talk, and <laughs> and yeah, all of that stuff. Good stuff, I mean, it's a nice scene, even though it's uh, not, uh, what do we say, mutual. It's not, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just him getting what he wants, because yeah. uh, he's Tony. And then in the morning, he does go, and he takes off his top, and... Uh, critically inspects himself and concludes this guy's gotta die what a rat <laughs> yeah he looks at himself in the mirror uh you know and i get it does tie in with uh boy are you fat uh you know it's a it's it's hit a sore sp- uh, spot but it also brings him to this enlightenment uh and i like that it cuts to him tossing the painting off the bridge and then we see him just in the trunk like we don't need to yeah. see the death scene it's like we see more of the painting death than we do of the actual murder of Mazarone. we just see kind of the outcome of it uh and yeah, yeah. he's just in his trunk uh dead oh yeah so that's another one we got to toss up on the old uh on the old counter Absolutely. here uh, it's kind of a big episode for deaths yeah they're racking them up gotcha, so 43 43 yeah 43 everybody uh this bridge as well that he tosses it off like i'm no uh geographer like i I don't really know new york or jersey that well but uh, i've seen this bridge in this show before yeah i don't know which bridge it is uh because i mean i'm not like a bridge and tunnel guy either but i'm just gonna say it's the george washington bridge Seems right, because uh, I, I I swear I've seen it before in this show. Um, but anyway, yeah, guy's dead, and uh, we wrap with uh, with Adriana there giving up the information. Um, and yeah, we, we see the, the hat guy again, the capo as well towards the end there. But just I, I guess we see him again just to kind of draw the parallel with what's going on with Adriana and how she's developing, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's, again, he wants more money. And again, it is like showing how... Even some of these people, they're using it to get what they want or get something out of the deal. Yeah, 
Excellent. So that's episode two. It is uh, quite a lot for episode two. It's uh, maybe they felt like we got to kill some people here in the first few episodes. Granted, uh, one of them was natural causes and one of them was just in a picture. But uh, like and one of them was off screen. But we got to get some mob stuff in there early on. So people remember that it's a mob show because a lot of it is about like, hey, we're just hanging out. And this guy's back like he's been away on business, like we said to Bobby Jr. and all of that. Uh, But it's a great introduction for this character. Like you said, in that scene outside uh, the the Bing, I think they're at, uh, or or Satrielli's, maybe it is, um, when he says, like, you're crowding me, we see a hint of what's potentially to come. So uh, there's a lot of promise in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're in the thick of it, season five. uh, So, yeah, send any of your thoughts on... Uh, this episode or any upcoming episodes to shows which you know show at gmail.com make sure to read them on the show uh, and also please please rate and sub- rate review and subscribe uh, to cut to black or shows which you know or both on iTunes uh, that really helps the show out a lot thank you and please it's very much appreciated. Of course, you can always go to jimandthem.com for more from Jim and awesomepedia.org is where you'll find my other online work, various other podcasts from both of us and video projects and similar. And uh, apart from that, there's just one more thing, Jim. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that? Cut to black. <laughs> <laughs>